So this week we have a very special episode of the Jean-Luc Picardcast because it includes all three of the Gillens brothers. Say hi, Scott. Hello. Hi, Scott. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was... Uh... <laughs> gotcha. That was a good Gracie Allen shtick there. Okay. So this is our brother Scott. Scott's the oldest of the of the Gillens brothers. He is also a big Star Trek fan, and we're really happy to have him on the podcast with us this week. But we also wanted to talk a little bit about the Picard teaser that was released a couple weeks ago. So mm-hmm. what do you what do you guys think? What are your reactions? What are your thoughts? Anything? I would just like to say that I have said from the beginning, since they announced this show, that it would uh, involve Picard being a venter, that he would have his wine vineyards and that he would be, uh, you know, making wine like uh, like old man Picard was in All Good Things. So I'm happy that my prediction came true. And I really hope that the entire show is just him being a grumpy old guy making, making wine. <laughs> making wine and drinking it. Well, it you know, and I think they establish in TNG that that's kind of what his family did right? right he kind of broke the mold by going into starfleet true but you know he could have been uh totally turned off of that profession after his brother and nephew died in a fire on their vineyard but no he doubled down <laughs> out of the ashes rose a wine making phoenix <laughs> yeah scott what so were your I- thoughts so my thoughts are so i mean it, i'm I, I really want to enjoy this because you know, I, I like, I love Picard and Star Trek The Next Generation, but I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited because part of me is, you know, thinking that they're, they're just going to mess this up. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Discovery um, series that they've done. And it's the same, you know, the same people that are running Discovery are running this Picard show. So I, I'm kind of like, don't have confidence that they're going to do it right. So, but, but at the same time, I love Picard so much that I'm like, yes, the, the, let, let's do it. I want to see it. So I'm, I'm kind of feeling with those mixed emotions. So, so I was excited to see the trailer, but at the same time, I'm trying not to let myself get too hyped up for it. My reaction um, was it was a good teaser, but it didn't necessarily get me any more hyped than I already am. Like I actually, I was freaking out when the, the announcement was first made for uh, this show. <laughs> Um, mm. but the teaser didn't make me freak out. I was like, okay, right. you know, it's cool. Well, no. And it raised a few questions, but I wasn't like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> well, okay. Hold on. Since you brought that up, Shark, Jared and I were there when you had that reaction about hearing the show for the first time. So I think we should tell that story. <laughs> right. Jared, you remember, right? We were there at, at the family reunion. And Mark like runs. I think we're upstairs, and you had been downstairs. (laughs) Mark like runs upstairs. He's he's out of breath, (laughs) and we're like somewhat like he burst into the room, and Jared and I were like somewhat alarmed because like he just ran upstairs. He's out of breath. He's got this like expression on his face, and it's almost like what's wrong. And then like Shark pants out. There's they're making a, a new Star Trek series, James Picard. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, that was like the, so urgent. Like as soon as Shark heard it, running upstairs to let us know, and it was it was it was really funny. I mean, I, Jared and I were both laughing. Yeah, so I forgot about that. And you know, honestly, so going back to Shark's statement just now, like it would be hard to top that moment, <laughs> like when the teaser trailer came out. Um, yeah, so. I hear what you're saying. 
yeah. I was pretty stoked. <laughs> yes. yes yeah. And so when you give me a teaser that most of it is just staring at a vineyard with some machine spraying pesticide all over, uh, you know, that's not going to get me any more excited. <laughs> <laughs> is it pesticide? I would assume that uh, Picard Vineyards is all organic. Yeah, I was right, thinking it was watering. Was... I was thinking the same thing. It's like, they're not using pesticide. They figured out a better okay. way. <laughs> Or they've just Water made biologically or... resistant, uh, you know, grapes that don't need the pesticide to keep bugs off. <laughs> <laughs> Can we make an entire episode of this podcast about our thoughts on the future of uh, <laughs> of winemaking? <laughs> yes, from three uh, teetotalers. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure that would be <laughs> I've never drank um, wine, but here's how I think it should be made. <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies that involve people drinking wine. So. <laughs> Here we go. Um, one thing I will say, so going back, I, I do agree. You know, it's not like, I mean, I was really excited for the teaser trailer just because, I mean, the it, the hint is in the name. With a teaser trailer, you feel the tease. You know, right. you go, oh, look, they've made something. Yeah. You know, there's sort of this excitement of, Oh, they recorded something and they edited it and they polished it just, you know, you know, you know, what was it, 60 seconds long, but still like they made something and there's something that gets you a little riled up about that. And then also I would say that, you know, the one I would say the one big thing that we hadn't had yet was actually hearing Patrick Stewart's voice in character as Picard again. That, what, when was the last time he did that? Wait, so, did we hear his that, voice? Didn't no, we? I thought we heard we see his face, but I thought we hear that some woman. Oh, you're right. No, you're right. Okay, cut that out. So don't <laughs> <sound stupid>. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. We hear the woman asking the question, and then you just see. His so face. what we but still okay? What we got? So we, that we got we we have an image of Picard. Of yeah, and Picard. we got some yeah. story, at least one story point that we didn't have, which is Picard was an admiral who left uh, Starfleet. Well, and then also, don't we know? I thought we knew, and and I don't think they spelled it out all the way in the in the trailer. But I think we have been it's been confirmed that he was involved in the Romulan um, evacuation. Uh, that, that's not that in the trailer. That's Spock. just that's, been in the like. Yeah, we news. yes, right. We know that the series does, at least in part, acknowledge at least the, uh, something that with the yeah the Romulan Romulus being destroyed and. Yeah, all that stuff that the falling out of that, and we know that Picard has a whole history with the Romulans, which leads us into this episode. Wait a second! Perfect Not before segment. we play our intro music. Welcome <laughs> to the Jean-Luc Picard cast. Wow, that was a deep breath. Engage, T. That's a wrap. That's an episode, guys. That's it. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. <laughs> You're a good guest. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Shark Gillens. And I'm Jared Gillens. On the Jean-Luc Picard cast. Actually, I think, well, I don't think we need to record, re-record the whole thing, but I think since we have Scott, I think, you know, with the hello and welcome, I'm Shark Gillens, I'm Jared Gillens, I think Scott should also say, and I'm Scott Gillens. I think that would be fun. Oh, all right. So Scott, say, <laughs> and I'm Scott Gillens. And I'm Scott Gillens. Quiet. We didn't introduce you yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> anyway. 
On the Jean-Luc Picard cast, we honor Patrick Stewart's portrayal of Captain Picard. Each installment features a particular Next Generation episode or film that had an impact on our guest's life. Jared and I always have plenty to say about TNG, but the main feature of our podcast is your story. So with that in mind, please reach out to us on email via picardcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at picardcast or on the Jean-Luc Picardcast Facebook page so we can feature your story right here. But yeah, we've always credited ourselves as the Brothers Gillens, but truly this is the first Picardcast installment with all of the Brothers Gillens. So we're excited to have Scott with us because he completes the uh, the trifecta. The true trifecta. Uh, so Scott, tell us what is the episode that you chose to talk about. Um, so I chose um, the episode called The Defector, which is in Season 3, Episode 10. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS... Generation ship, please help me. Requesting asylum, under pursuit. So the so for some reason is uh, the, the defector is a, a, a Romulan that he wants. He's trying to prevent a war. He sees the his his Romulan government doing some things that would instigate a war with the Federation, and he doesn't want that to happen. And so he kind of defects over to the Enterprise, asks for asylum, and you know, convinces, you know, or he's trying to convince and, and eventually convinces Captain Picard um, to say, hey, you got, you, you got to come stop this starbase yeah, that the Romulans are, are, are building. Um, to, if, if they're able to make this base operational, it'll, it'll start a war. So you guys got to go destroy it now before they can get their defenses up and let, let's prevent a war before it happens. Within 48 hours, the reactor core will be online. One of the things, uh, as I was kind of reading up on this episode before recording, uh, it says that the story at one point during rewrites was a love story between Crusher and Jarok, and that's the defector. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> 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 I just like read that and started laughing. I just think that's hilarious. With your metabolism, this will heal in a few moments. Thank you, Doctor. How fortunate that you know something of Romulan medicine. Yes, I had a chance to gain some experience recently. Oh, yes. The incident at the Golondin Corps. That would have been awful. <laughs> More awful, perhaps, than a sexy ghost, Jared? No, not quite as awful, but, you know, close. Yeah, they saved Maybe that. We... They, they bookshelf that, and that came out. And what was that? Was that season six or season seven? That went... Oh, I believe that was season seven. Season, season seven, season Crusher, seven. Uh, Crusher falls in love with a ghost, yes. Oh, Ron, I had no idea I could feel this one. We're nearly merged now. As two candles joined to form a single light, so we will flourish as one. But we could have gotten Picard, Picard giving her advice on her sex life with a Romulan. I mean, that would have been fantastic. And when she was describing uh, her, you know, when he kisses her on the neck, he could have made a little catty noise. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Well, if I were to, you know, show someone an episode that hadn't did not know anything about Captain Picard, and, and I wanted to show him why he's such a big deal and why we like him so much, and and get to, and to get to know him, uh, two episodes came to mind. One was the Drumhead, um, and I almost chose that one, and the other one was this was this episode, the Defector. 
you can go on the internet's <laughs> forums and a lot of people talk about the, the, the drum head and not this one yes people talk about it but not as much so i thought let's give this episode a little more love and, and so i, I kind of went with the defector so that that's kind of why why i chose it um for, for i like that a lot i like the, that mindset the you know if i was introducing somebody into picard what episode would i use like i thought that's a really great framework for choosing something and i and i agree with you i think the defector is a great episode to showcase the range of what makes Picard great. The opening scene is um, Captain Picard tutoring Data in the holodeck as Data Data is playing um, Henry V from Shakespeare. The king is not bound to answer the particular endings of his soldiers, the father of his son, nor the master of his servant. Splendid. Data, splendid. You're getting better and better. Freeze program. I thought this was interesting because you get to see Picard as, you know, a reader of Shakespeare, a philosopher, and a mentor to, to Data. So you, you kind of see those aspects of him. So the kind of the, the rest of the episode is about kind of things coming to light as they continue to investigate Jarek about and, and figure out what, what the right decision to do is. I think it's a plant to draw us into the neutral zone. That way we look like the aggressors. And the Romulans would have a legitimate excuse for responding in force. Exactly. It's always a game of chess with them, isn't it? So Admiral Jarak is saying, hey, the Romulans are building this, a base on this planet, and where this planet is, is right on the edge of the neutral zone, where if there was a big base there, it would put the Romulans within striking distance of you know, very quickly being able to strike you know, a bunch of different Federation star bases. So it would appear the only reason to, to put a base there would be to you know, start a war. Um, and so... So Admiral Jarek, this Romulan that has defected, is saying, hey, go, I, I, I don't want to start a war. Uh, I, 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 I think this is a mistake from the Romulan government. Go just destroy this base before they can bring it online. And so Picard is faced with either believing him and saying, yes, let's, you know, we should go do this, or, hey, th this is a trick by the Romulans to, you know, make the Federation violate the neutral zone, pass through the neutral zone into Romulan space um, and trick us into violating the treaty so that we appear as the aggressors. So he's like, you know, what should I do? So further on the episode, he asks Data. Data, it's very possible that we are about to go to war. The repercussions of what we do during the next 24 hours may be felt for years to come. I want you to keep a record of these events so that history will have the benefit of a dispassionate view. And I thought this was really interesting because, you know, we all know the saying that, you know, the, the victor of a war is the one that writes the history. And Picard, being a historian himself, he's interested in the truth. And he's not interested in building himself up. So, so again, we get to see, uh, peek more into, you know, Picard's personality about being, you know, a historian, and also just um, just being a man of integrity, just just wanting the truth. Can I interject a little question here? Uh -huh. I, I just, and this is just kind of a tangent, but I was curious. I remember when he said, you know, Data, I want you to make a record of this. I kind of occurred to me like, well, isn't that what he does by his nature? Right. Like you said, he's a walking <laughs> computer. <laughs> so turn on your recording now. Like, you know, I've been recording uh, the entire time I've been on the uh, Enterprise. Right. <laughs> I mean, yes, I mean, Data's always recording, but I think it was it was it was made for us, for the viewers, to again just to see what kind of man Picard is. I think that's why that scene was in there. Sure. I mean, you're right. Data's always recording. <laughs> right. And, 
This well, was back in the days where we still had VCRs that you had to set a timer to record. So. <laughs> they had a program data to when to start and when to stop. Yeah. Data's like, hang on, hang on. Let me go to back to my quarters. I think I've got an extra SD chip somewhere in there. <laughs> right. He like um, flips over the, open the little thing on his arm and hits the play and record button at the same time. Um, one thing, I mean, I guess in thinking about it, as we've talked about it, one thing that's occurred to me is that maybe what Picard means, like beyond what data would normally record, maybe he means like to make a formal record, not just like, you know, observe these things. Cause obviously data's always right. doing that, but maybe, and, maybe Picard's asking him like, like not just record, but like make this, make this, your record will be the official right. record of this. And actually interesting, Jared, if, if you pay attention and if you're not paying attention, you miss it, but usually you know, after each after the commercial break, you hear Captain's log and, and he gives a little summary about what's going on. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. After that scene, it's Data is making the log. Oh, interesting! I hadn't yes. caught that. Oh, no, that's awesome. If you watch the episode after that scene, and you know we don't have commercial breaks anymore because we, we just stream it, but um, at those cut scenes, um, it's Data saying keeping the log. Second officer's log, star date four three four six five point two. So you're right. That's I think great. it That's... is right. It's more of hey, I want a formal log of what's going on here. So interesting. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Good. Good. Thanks for pointing that out. I hadn't caught that. So at the very end. So after the scene at the very end. Uh, so Admiral Jarek, you know, he realizes that you know he's been just played with. That you know he was set up from this by his own government, knowing you know no, guessing that he would betray them just to help start a war. And, you know, he can never go back to, you know, Romulus now. He's never going to be able to see his family. I did it for nothing. My home. My family. For nothing. Um, so he ends up committing suicide. He takes a suicide pill. Kills himself. But before he does that, he, he, he writes a note to his family. But, you know, Data points out, oh, well, you know, we can't possibly deliver this note. And Picard's like, today, perhaps. But if there are others with the courage of Admiral Jarok, we may hope to see a day of peace when we can take his letter home. This was very meaningful to me because, you know, Picard has every right to be just furious with Admiral Jarok. He, here's a man that, that came, um, put his, he, his, you know, his whole crew, the ship, um, into grave danger, almost losing their lives. You know, he wasn't, you know, smart enough to realize, to see that possibility that he was just being played the whole time. Like, Captain Picard has every right just to, like, throw this guy under the bus. But but at the very end, Picard, like, he honors this man and he says, you know, he commended him for his courage. And so I really like that, that Picard has that sense to see the layers here and saying, okay, maybe this guy wasn't the, the brightest guy <laughs> that could have defected. Um, and he put us in danger, but commended him for his courage and saying, yeah, we need, we, you know, I hope, you know, Rhyme, there are more people like him. Yeah, his courage and his desire for peace, peace yeah. in our time. Yeah. And it, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Scott. Like, they, I like that you said that Picard is able to see the layers, that it doesn't like discount his foolishness or the mistakes that he made, but he's able to recognize that there's complexity. And he, while he made mistakes, he's able in the end to honor the admirable parts of Jarek's character. And I, I don't know, I just think that's cool. And it's a lesson for all of us that, you know, when we want to judge someone that to recognize that everyone's really complex. Right. So I really like this episode. 
and just getting into kind of, you know, the personal. So what, what is this to me? So in my personal life, I, I work for a, a very large uh, global company. And almost on a daily basis, I work from people from all over the world. I work, I work with Brazilians, with Mexicans, with you know, Indians, with Russians, Pakistanians, like uh, French. Like I, I can't, um, I can't, I, 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 I think of probably any major country, like I, I work with people from that country. And if your only exposure to these countries, our cultures, are what you read in the headlines of the news or listen to on the radio, where what gets to the news is only what extremists do or what people or you know, these prejudices that get painted on, on certain cultures. But at the end of the day, these people that I work with that are actually from these countries, um, they all want the same thing. We all talk about the same thing. They want um, the same thing that you and I want. They all talk about their children and, you know, wow, my kid, my, my kid's going to school and he wants to do this and how they're working so that they can get their kid through school. They're all hoping to like have, you know, a stable, building a stable environment for their, for their kids. There comes a time in a man's life that you cannot know when he looks down at the first smile of his baby girl and realizes he must change the world for her, for all children. It is for her that I am here. She will grow up believing that her father is a traitor, but she will grow up. Building a better world for their, for their children and safety for their children, it's no different than what anyone wants. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, it's just so different than um, when I interact with these people, again, if, if my own exposure to a Mexican would be like what I hear in the headlines, and I'd be like, oh, well, he's just there to steal my job. That's all he wants. I'm like, that can't be for you. <laughs> it's not further from the truth. Or anyone, you know, I work with Muslims, and I've never, you know, they just went through Ramadan, got through Ramadan recently, and there were some very good culture exchange moments where they explained what Ramadan was. And, and after that, it was over, like, someone brought, they, um, they brought in some, like, Middle Eastern kind of dessert to say, oh, we're celebrating the end of Ramadan here, have some. And there was like, like, I never felt like once that my life was in danger that these guys were here to blow me up. You know what I mean? Like, like there's, there's the news only shows like the what's happening on the extreme side because that's what people want to read. No, the news is never going to say, oh, look at this um, hardworking Muslim that's here working for, you know, for to put his kid through college. Like, you don't <laughs> see that. <laughs> and I felt like... Right. It's all, it, it would almost be like an onion headline, like, you know, you know, breaking news, all parents across the world want good things for their children. <laughs> right. Know? Like, it, it's not, it's not news. It's, it's, but so, but it just, but just because it's not news doesn't mean it's not a fact. Like, it's, like you said, this is the state of the, of everyone in the world. They all want the same thing. Right. So that's a good perspective. Most people are just friendly people wanting the right thing. And that's been my experience working for a global company. And I'd like to think that, you know, as I interact people I'm, I'm 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 kind of that kind of thread of, of picard's personality of, of being able to see the good in people despite big cultural differences um is something that that um, you know i take to heart and in all my interactions um try and see people you know for who they are and not for um, 
what the media <laughs> might want them, me to think that of them um, just because they're of a certain race or culture. I agree. It did strike me when they bring on Jarek to the Enterprise, like they give him quarters. You know, they don't throw him in the brig. He gets his own room and, you know, has his own comfy bed and which is kind of why it was so easy for him to commit suicide because he had freedom on the <laughs> ship to, you know, to, he had access to things that because he was a guest, he wasn't a prisoner. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, well, I mean, I don't know if this is related, but you, you kind of made me think of something and I guess it goes back more to Picard's character, but you know, like you made me think like, you know, Worf obviously, you know, despises Romulans and he lost his parents to the Romulan uh, battle. Um, and so, you know, Worf's attitude is like, this guy's a prisoner. We should not be treating him with trust or respect. And I like how Picard, throughout the episode, you see him have such a measured response every time somebody, you know, tells him th- th- what they think. So, like, you know, Worf is like, we should not trust this guy. And Picard takes that into consideration, but he doesn't just like, go, oh, you're right, Worf, let's throw him the brig. And, you know, and then when Data and Riker are talking about how this is a Romulan ploy, Picard takes that into consideration. When when Jarek is, like, demanding, take action now, like, everything is always so measured. Like, Picard never just does something because someone's, like, like he, he's not impulsive at all. And I, and I guess you already talked about this guy, like, you know, comparing him to Kirk. You know, there's no impulsiveness in, in Picard. He takes in the information and he says, all right, I'm going to, like, make this a part of my decision. And even he's getting communiques from an admiral back at Starfleet headquarters. And he's saying like, Oh, we think you should do this. We think you should not do that. And Picard's taking it all in stride. But I love that in the end, Picard, he shows so clearly that he is the one who has to be responsible for this decision. And therefore he is the one who is going to make the decision based on what he gets. And so he never at any time, you never see him being blown this way or that way by anybody's whims. Like it's always, uh, he, and, he, and, he, and even at the end there, Scott, like you pointed out when Tomalak says, I'll give you 30 seconds. And Picard says, I only need one second because he's not going to let Tomalak dictate to him what is going to happen next. Picard is saying like, no, no, this is my decision. I'm right. in control. And he here. already prepared I, for that I, contingency. So he's like, I don't need a second. Exactly. Time. And so it's such an admirable quality to see like, no, he's going to do it in his own time. And he's not. And, and yeah. And like you said, when he came to the point where he had to make the decision, he was already there and yeah, he never let anybody blow, you know, push him this way or that. I just love that, you know, seeing yeah. him uh, in that light. Yeah. And that, I guess that kind of reminds me of my, uh, you know, our, my old uh, seminary teacher, um, you know, Ray Adam and Adam Adams, one of the things I learned from him that, um, you know, I still to to this day, you know, he said, you know, it's much easier to make decisions if you make them, beforehand you don't wait for in the moment to decide what you're going to do you already think about that scenario <laughs> beforehand um, and decide what you're going to do and so when when the moment comes and you recognize the moment you're like, well i know what to do i've already made that decision incidentally the actor who played admiral jarek mm. he also is the same actor who played um the bajoran scientist who discovered odo and that odo kind of considers right. his father oh, right. yeah, yeah. so it's the same actor and you know and, and he ended up being on two episodes right. of ds9 yeah. as and he's well. a good actor i really thought he sold the part of this man or sorry alien uh, <laughs> being pulled against yeah. two different ways wanting to do you know save his 
his daughter thinking of that of being a father at the same time not being a wanting to be a patriot at the same time and not want to betray his people and i really felt like i really felt it i thought he just pulled it off really good i agree yeah i thought he did a great job and he had really great on-screen chemistry with beverly Crusher. <laughs> <laughs> yes when she was healing his wound in sick bay i kind of expected him to just turn around and kiss her <laughs> I just could, I could just, like, in her eyes, I could tell she was thinking, Wesley needs a new dad. (laughs) (laughs) Could he be the one? Could this lowly logistics officer be the one? All right. On that note. All right. We'd like to give a big special thanks to our big brother, Scott Gillins, for being on this episode of Jean-Luc Podcast. And we'd like to thank you for listening. Please like, follow, and or subscribe to our feeds on Twitter at Picodcast and the Facebook Jean-Luc Picodcast page. And don't hesitate to email us at Picodcast at gmail.com if you have a story to share, too. Adios. Make it so. Chaka, when the walls fell. I want you all to stop crying. <laughs> <laughs>